This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Get the five on threes, that's the difference in the game. There's no question about it. In power play, you get those. But that You don't get five on threes very often when you give them like that. You've got to take advantage of them to score a couple of goals, and we didn't. Simple as that. Simple as that, Jim Toth. Oh. Rick Bonus there. Uh, Jets lose 3-1. Uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Will somebody, anybody, please go to the net? Go to the net and shoot. Don't wait for the little magic, little awesome, special little backhand pass. Make the simple play. Go to the net. And go to the net and put the puck on net. I mean, this isn't rocket science here, Jim. No. Go to the net and make somebody move you. Yeah. And the rest of you, when you see me, shoot every puck you get right at me. I don't think that there's been a time since the Jets have uh, the last the Jets time, relocated that they've missed three five-on-three three opportunities. The last time somebody dive. went to the net and they shot a puck at that person, they got it in the... Uh, oh, yeah, Dylan Sandberg, yeah. Well, the him too, but oh, and Blake Wheeler, yeah. Okay, they both got it. <laughs> Blake Wheeler pulled a John Wayne that game. Take them both out, Doc. I don't need them anymore. I'm going back out there. <laughs> but my point to this is, is uh, look, I'm not even upset about last night's yeah. game. They played way better than the time Columbus came to town. They were all over Columbus, but the power play was embarrassing last night. Yeah, and, and they you, played really well. They worked hard. They did all this. They took too many penalties, all that stuff. But I think that when they hit the ice tomorrow at practice and when they go take on the New Jersey Devils, the, the power play will be changed. There'll be somebody yeah. off it. And, I, I think, thank God, they're not playing Columbus again this year, honestly. I'm just like, let's get let's move past this whole entire situation. But I think they're going to be really dialed in, in this against the three New York teams. You think? Uh, I, I think they're going to be ready to go and they're going to hit the ice. They're gonna they're gonna play real three really really strong games. Do you think that Patrick Line had some Smarties ice cream last night? He might have. I think he had it's a whole possible tub of it. He just loved, loves he, beating the Jets. He loves scoring against the Jets. And you know what? You know what I like his little celebration. It's just like all calm fist bumps. I've done but this a hundred times. But you know he's you know he's loving that. But you know inside he's like, can somebody clip that for me and send it to me? <laughs> <laughs> He's just lying in bed on his iPhone, just watching it 12 times yeah. over. Like, Texting see that snipe? I don't know if you saw this angle of my snipe, and he <laughs> sends it to him. Uh, welcome to the program. Dave Manouk with uh, LegalCurve.com joining us. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for joining, uh, for popping on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having First me. First of all, Dave, do you need a loan, or how did Vegas go for you? Everything work out? Yeah, everything went well. I'm not nice. a big gambler, so I was, uh, I, was, I was just enjoying the sun, which was free, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear that a lot from Vegas. I was just enjoying the sun. <laughs> well, we were just we opened up the show, Dave, and, and, and I was listening to your, your post game uh, on illegalcurve.com yesterday. I mean, how did you feel about the Jets' net front presence? And this is something Rick Bonus has been harping on. Well, I was I was feeling bad when I was listening to you guys before I came on because I was like, Jimmy's stealing my thunder right now. That is, <laughs> Jimmy, you're you're hundred percent right though. I mean, that's exactly what we said that you know, as and I were talking about it because it's true. You, you the Jets just didn't have anybody in front. It was all perimeter, and you're like, well, how? And it's funny because Kevin Sawyer at one point on the broadcast said, you know, it's going to take a special type of shot to beat him. And I said, no, it's not actually going to take a special shot. It's going to take someone standing in front taking away Corpusella's eyes. Yeah. Because the reality was he was seeing every shot, and he's a good goaltender. You know, and even though Columbus isn't a particularly good team, obviously coming into that game, 32nd ranked, obviously, and then moved up to 31, leapfrogging Chicago, 
the reality is he's still a pretty good goaltender. And if he sees the shots the way he saw them, even with guys who can shoot like Mark Shifley, Cal Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, you're, he's going to make that save. So, yeah, Jim, you're 100% right. That was the biggest take. I mean, obviously having no power on the power play doesn't help. Going one for seven, three, five on threes. I mean, that's a killer. But the reality is that it was, it was just an, it was kind of embarrassing because you're like, you've got some big guys. Put them in front of the net. Park an Adam Lowry in front of the net. Park a Kevin Stenland in front of the net. Park someone in front of the net. And you're right. Maybe there's a little bit of a wariness based on what, the way some of the guys have been taking shots of late. But that's the only way you're going to do it is if you remove his eyes. Because if you don't, sorry, even a five-on-three, the goaltender is going to make the save. Yeah, it's 37. He made 37 saves. I mean, he was good, but they didn't make it hard enough on him. I mean, do you look at this now, Dave, and go like, this is the biggest acquisition that the Winnipeg Jets should be making at the deadline is finding somebody that they can, they can park in front of the net? You know, I mean, I think there's a couple of thoughts in that regard. I mean, obviously, there's some defensive issues that they might need to tweak out and and add some depth there. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot of speculation as to who is out there. There's the Timo Meyer watch, which everybody thinks that, you know, if you add a guy like Timo Meyer and allow the depth, depth on the wing to kind of flow down a little bit, whether it means, you know, Blake Wheeler dropping down and playing beside Adam Lowry or Cole Perfetti, probably Cole Perfetti based on his, his youth. But the reality is the team needs you know, a few tweaks, I think they're good. And don't get me wrong. Look, if you look at the advanced stats from yesterday's game, the Jets really controlled play in the first and third periods. Second period was more even in Columbus. I think had, I think nine high danger chances overall, but yeah, I mean, look, the Jets do need to add some wing depth. I know a lot of people are talking about James Van Riemsdyk from out of Philly. He's a target now who could add, you know, a lot of veteran presence and, and that sort of thing. They do need something. They do because they have a lot of shooters. They have a lot of guys that are similar type players. Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, you know, uh, Mark Shifley. But, yeah, do they have that sort of big – I mean, Pierre Dubois obviously has a big physical uh, property that they could put in front of the net. But it's, it's definitely something that they could add for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So along those lines, I wanted to talk about the Moose with you too, Dave, because uh, nobody knows them better than you uh, with your coverage of them and, and, and everything that goes in and around them. What pieces are we talking about for whomever they may get? And I think we're all in agreement. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we're all in agreement that they're going to do something. Um, mm-hmm. If it's a Meyer or if it's just as simple as a pick and, a, and somebody for Van Reensdijk, um, who in the moose do you think that other teams would be like, you know what, I'd, I'd take some of that? Well, I mean, you probably are going to go to one of the, I mean, the number one target I would suspect, and if you're going Timo Meyer hunting, is going to be Vili Hainola, who's having a very good season with the Moose and obviously has been up and down throughout the course of that. But he's he's been very good for the Manitoba Moose. And, and so you know, 2019 first rounder, he would most likely be the number one target. And the truth is, and again, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of term when I say this, I think you can replace Vili Hainola with someone like Declan Chisholm. Declan Chisholm, in my mind, from watching the Moose, he was the best defenseman that they had. And that included Dylan Sandberg. That included Johnny Kovacevic. That included Vili Hainola. Declan Chisholm, the 2018 fifth rounder for Winnipeg, he's just as good a skater. He's probably the best skater in, in, on the moose. He's probably just a smidge below Hainol in terms of offensive ability, although he's pretty good, just hit 30 assists uh, for his season so far. And he's better defensively. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Hainol is bad. I'm just saying that I think he can be replaced by you know, a left shot in Chisholm. So I think the target is going to be for someone like Billy Hainola because he has that name cachet, the draft cachet. And then, of course, there's other guys like Daniel Torgus in the 2020 second-round pick. He's a big, strong kid. Henry Nickin in the 2019 fourth-rounder. He's a big, strong kid. Now, these kids, these guys are learning, you know, the pro game here in North America. So they're, you know, being kind of 
slowly brought into it by the coaching staff. But overall, I think those are the kind of guys you're going to be targeting, the Hainolas, the Torgesons, maybe in Nikkinen, not as much, you know, Cash Higgins is a fourth rounder. He fell, of course, because he was injured during his draft year. And then, of course, Jim, you've got the guys who, you know, were with the Moose briefly, but, of course, then went to junior in Brad Lambert and Chad Lucius. Chad Lucius obviously done for the season, but still has, you know, looked very good when he was, when he was playing for uh, Portland. And now Brad Lambert looks like he's very doing a lot with Seattle. So there are some names that can be traded. I mean, are the Jets going to want to? There, I, there's nobody who's really untouchable. If you can get a team on Meyer who's going to make an impact, you don't really have a choice, right? If you're the Jets and you missed out, if you remember, remember what happened with uh, the Ottawa Senators. The Jets didn't want to trade some of their, their big prospects, and they lost out on Mark Stone. Now, I think Mark Stone probably, you know, because of his familiarity with Kelly McCrimmon, was happy to go to Vegas. My point is, do you want to miss out on a guy for guys who have potential? And it's hard, you know, Jim, you know this as much as anybody. It's hard to sell that to the Blake Wheelers, the Mark Shifleys, the Connor Hellebucks, the guys you have to prove, hey, we're ready to go for it now. We don't care what's going to happen to the Jets. Not that they don't care, but it's not their their prerogative to worry about what's going to happen to the Jets three, four years down the line. Well, and you bring they up a good point too. You, you bring up a good point too, Dave, because we're in year eleven here, and and I'm of the belief that they've been good for five years now. I'm of yeah. the belief it took five to six years to get to a good playoff team, solid. But like that's what I keep hearing is you don't want to give away the future. You don't want to give away the future. Yeah, you do. Like this is the time you want to give away the future because this is now. And we know the contracts on the NHL roster for next year. But like I don't think that if they load up and even if they make the Stanley Cup final and lose it, I'm not the kind of person that's going to sit here and go, well, too bad they don't have Chaz Lucius anymore and too bad they don't. I'm the kind of person that goes, when you're this good, you have to give up stuff to go for it. And and I think it's time they went for it I, because of the lineup. I, I just think that there's got to be a level to it just because of the, the first a first round pick to the Winnipeg Jets is much more valuable to this franchise than any other team in the entire that's true, National Cam. Hockey League. But if not now, when? If you don't, If you don't have the best center combo top five in the league i, I just you don't, we just you don't, you don't have 2020 vision i understand that this is a huge opportunity but for the Winnipeg jets that, they're they're challenging for first place in the division and they have all the pieces to make a push here that's what i'm saying but i mean th- i think that there's a certain there's a certain line you can't cross you can't just throw away the next five years to go for it this year i understand that if they win one cup if they win the stanley cup this year if they can do that everything gets washed over but i i'm i'm, I'm just not i'm i i just there's, I, it's I just understand too what valuable you're to the Jets. That's, I understand what you're that's saying. What I'm trying I wouldn't to say. send six picks and two players to get Timo Meyer and a defenseman back. You're, you're going to have to pay but, something. But if you're willing to pay two picks and an asset, and they want four picks and two assets, you better look at it. I think the first round pick is available if the right move comes this 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 coming offseason. What because, do you think, Dave? Well, I, no, I, I mean, I think I think you're right, Jim. I think at this point. If I'm Kevin Shovel Day off, what is my excuse for not going for it at this point? You know, like he's really kind of he's lasted more than a lot of other GMs. And so in this, it's then I understand the risk aversion. I understand what Cam's talking about. And selfishly, I don't want the Moose to make any big trades because I cover the Moose and it's a lot of fun to be able to cover a team that's making a push, as are the Jets, who I obviously also cover. But I think from a from a realistic standpoint with this group, because you've got two years left. That's the whole point. It's not like you have a five-year window here. You might have a five-year window overall. You've got Morrissey signed. You've got Lowry. You've got you know, Kyle Connor. But Mark Scheifele is two years. Pierre-Luc Dubois is maybe one, you know, one year after this, right? Blake Wheeler, like Connor Hellebuck. You've got those, that group. This is the time. So if you're going to go for it, your window is this season, 
and next season. I understand what Cam's saying, and I'm I, like I yeah. said, the risk aversion element of it is is absolutely understandable. You don't sell completely sell the farm because that's how the Jets are able. To, they don't attract free agents the way other mm-hmm. teams do. But at some point, you have to be saying willing to say, listen, this is our time. We have to make a goal of it. And you know what? Look, if you go to the Stanley Cup Finals and you lose, well, at least you went for the Stanley Cup Finals and you lose. You can hang your hat on that. But if you don't make that attempt and you just kind of stay middling and then you lose again the next two years and then you lose these guys, that's going to be a tough sell. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that if you're willing to part with three things yeah. and they want – like I wouldn't give them seven. Yeah. But if you're willing to part with three to four things and they want five and maybe six, I think you better seriously it, 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 look at that. It would have to mean team control. And if it's over the right player, player, it would have to mean team control to me. You, it, it, for like a rental, no, I, I just don't think that's the right. No, move. I agree. Well, I wouldn't send three yeah. picks for a rental. I wouldn't yeah. do that. But if you could get Timu Meyer and you're offering three to four things and, and you they can, want they yeah. want six or yeah, seven, yeah, you better yeah. look at that. You got to be able to lock him in. We got to take a break here, though, Dave. But I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on the show, Great man. Great stuff, Dave. <laughs> yeah, free son, boy. Free son, when you go to Vegas. All right, Dave Manuk with TheLegalCurve.com. Thanks a lot, Dave. Take care, okay? Okay, thanks, Great conversation. thanks, Dave. Great guy. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Um, a situation uh, really starting to form uh, in the WHL here in Winnipeg around the Winnipeg ice. Uh, lots of conversations. We've been uh, investigating this one over the last couple of days, um, and, and we're ready to, to, to let you know what we've what we found and what we haven't found so far, Jim. So uh, we'll get to that after 1230 with Sarah, uh, Sarah McCarthy's news coming up, as well as your boss beats the sports desk. Great tune on a Friday. Awesome song. That Killers first album, awesome. Uh, first band out of Vegas. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bands end up in Vegas. First band out of Vegas, baby. Turn it up, Forche. It's Friday. Let's have a good time. Forche and I sing this one to each other all the time. I can see you guys just in unison. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. You, you can't just run away like that. I saw you in the corner of my eye trying to split. I was starting. I was starting. And then the I saw one the hand. minute power play with Sarah McCarthy, Friday edition. <laughs> Friday long weekend. What are, you, what are you getting up to? Lots planned, actually, for once. Going for food and drinks tonight. Thomas Rhett tomorrow. Oh, Thomas yeah. Thomas Rhett is coming Tommy, into town. where is he performing at? Canada Life Center. Wow. Yeah, looking forward to it. This is an action-packed. That is an action-packed weekend for Sarah. (laughs) You grabbing the fish and chips or what? What do you get? What you like? You you know, you're going for for, no, no, no. You're going for drinks and uh, and food. Like, what's your go-to like grub like that in that situation? Usually, like spinach dip or wings or something like that. Just something you can share. Yeah, Something Jim doesn't. Jim like is an oh, anti mayonnaise person, so um, no, none of that. He hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> he's still. He's still working on it. Like just okay. eat the bread. Justice for the spinach dip. What's he's your still favorite? Working on his, what's your favorite Thomas Rhett song? Thomas Rhett song. Um, that's a hard one. Probably, right now, like half of me. It's newer. Yeah, half I call it me. paradise. I call it. There's paradise. one song. I, is it Thomas Rhett? He's, he he goes. He has that song. It's different for girls. Is that uh, Thomas Rhett? I'm not sure. I should know this. I'm going to see him. <laughs> I, I don't like that song. Yeah. Do you even know who you're going to see tomorrow, Sarah? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll I see. Wow. Don't know. Oh, I'm looking at the set list right now. Wow. Holy moly. You're going to have a time. great show. Well, yeah. if you see Sarah at the Thomas Rhett show or tonight, <laughs> buy her one. Say, yeah. I love listening to the Power Play with Sarah McCarthy, Friday edition. <laughs> have a wonderful long weekend, you Sarah. You too. Have a I good long weekend, Always Sarah. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes. Enjoy your spinach dip. Running away. Do you like spinach dip? Oh, yeah. 
I'm not a picky eater, Jim. Like, I'm not a picky eater. I'm surrounded by them in the newsroom. I got Greg Mackling in front of me. Now I'm sitting next to you. I, I got Jeff tell. Braun behind me. You couldn't tell. <laughs> That's that's Why don't you go to hell, Jim? That's that's what I get all the time when people find out I am a picky eater. They're like the the reaction is really, like you said, they does not like mayonnaise. People are like, really, you don't like mayonnaise because you look like you love it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, 204-780-6868, Um The situation around the Winnipeg ice now. This is sort of an unfolding story. Uh, you know, it's 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 slow moving at this point. There's some information coming out. I reached out uh, yesterday in regards to some of these rumors uh, to the WHL and the commissioner's office. Um, have not received uh, any news uh, on this, any comment or anything like that. Uh, the situation surrounds the Winnipeg Ice, um, a new arena that was uh, proposed to be built prior, of course, to the pandemic um, in South Winnipeg. I think it was in Oak Bluff, if I'm not mistaken, as well as reports of a fine um, coming out of uh, that, that has been also denied uh, by the organization that is um, uh, that has come out of some meetings in Las Vegas amongst the, the, the WHL Board of Governors. Yeah, so the Free Press had a story about a month ago. Uh, Paul Friesen of The Sun had a story out this week about it. And, and from what I understand, when the ice moved from Cranberry, They've been owned by the ownership group for four years. They were in Cranbrook for two seasons, moved here, and within two seasons were supposed to have built or broken ground on a new arena. It's now season three. Uh, Part of the deal, uh, from what I understand, is there's a fine of $500,000 in there, as been reported. Um, So you reached out to the Western Hockey League. No comment from them. And Commissioner Ron Robinson, and we have not heard back from them. I reached out to the Winnipeg Ice Organization, and they provided us with this statement that said, the Winnipeg Ice and the WHL continue to work closely to evaluate options for a facility that meets WHL minimum standards. Reports of the WHL issuing a fine against the ice and its ownership group are inaccurate. Mm. So two reports from the, the newspapers in town that they had been fined and the ICE are saying that um, their ownership group and the ICE being fined are inaccurate reports. Um, so that's all we have right now. I know a lot of people have been reaching out on social media and in emails with me this past week, and I think yeah. you as well, Cam, yeah. Yeah. just saying, are we covering this? And then now I'm starting to get people asking me if they move, would they move it to Steinbeck? Would they move it here? Would they yeah. move there? Uh, from what I get from this statement, and that's all, unfortunately, we're getting so far, yeah. we'll continue to follow this story, is just that they're working together on a solution. And, and that solution, I don't think, would include moving the team. Um, or if it was, and this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. it would be option seven, eight, nine, or ten. I think yeah. they're they're going to try and find a way here. Um, now, this is from from um, no nobody from the organizations or the league, but from what I understand, you know, two years ago when the team moved here, three years ago now, a pandemic hit us, and the cost of building and everything else went up. I'm just assuming this myself, yeah. that when the pandemic hit, and we've been doing many stories on the cost of construction, supply chain, everything skyrocketing, I'm, I'm Jim Toth, wondering if um, it's feasible to build a 4,500-seat arena right now, but I'm also of the mind of I wonder if building anything is feasible right now. But but that doesn't change the agreement that was signed in order for the team to move here. So that's what I'm just assuming of. But until we get further comment or further acknowledgement, um, the ice are continuing with their season. 
uh, the reports of their low attendance of around 1,600. I, yeah. I don't... Lowest, I don't, lowest in the league, reportedly. I, um, like, I grew up in Lethbridge with the Western Hockey League, the Broncos. I saw them left. I saw the Hurricanes come into mm-hmm. town. Um, I've been covering the Western Hockey League for three and a half years. And even when I came here for longer than that, when I'd go do playoff series on, on TV and stuff, I have a big passion for the Western Hockey League and, and everything else. Um, but I, I just don't know what's going on or what the future would be, but I can probably assume that the future is to probably keep the team here. Um, but I, I also think that having been in a number of games and, and no disrespect to the Wayne Fleming, my personal opinion is they can't keep playing out of there. Yeah. They, they need a bigger arena. It was they never, the, it was never part of the plan either. Jim. So now, I mean, I don't know what their options would be if, if, if they're not breaking ground or, 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 or can, and I still think that is an option. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as the, as this off season rolls around, they'll probably look at construction and stuff again. I don't know that again, I'm not confirming. This is just my own assumptions. But the other options would be finding a different arena in town to play out of or, or things like that. So I don't. that's all we know right now. But for all the people asking us, we did reach out. We are following up on it. But the statement is all we've gotten from the ice. And yeah. I think that statement is in conjunction with the WHL, though we have not heard back from the yeah, league itself. The, 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 of course, the, the, the pathways to conversations here and stuff like that with the Western Hockey League are still open. If we, we hope to have somebody on this uh next week that would be awesome we try to get somebody today uh we weren't able to do that or or a concrete statement from from the western hockey league but we did hear from of course that statement that jim read about the about the winnipeg ice of course this is a story that uh affects um uh manitoba hockey fans uh and so we're going to continue to uh to keep our keep the pulse on this one and, and and let you guys know of any new information that we can confirm that we've received um from from the proper channels and and, and all that and as we try to avoid speculation on the story but the story that's really still up in the air and there, nothing is set in stone and there's no con- nothing's concrete here but uh we're going to try to get uh more and more as this uh story unfolds and, and, and hope for a good outcome uh, anyways, uh, free for all Friday, 204-780-6868, Um Text to show. To, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game, of course. I mean, yesterday's loss uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you, you, you know that you're going to get specific... Uh, conversations like this, uh, the Grampinator, of course, a very aptly named the Grampinator. I, I think it's an absolutely perfect name for for Gramps. Um, fourth in the Central after next Wednesday, mid-April, out of a playoff spot. Watch uh, <laughs> negativity from from Gramps. I hope I hope he's. I, I texted him back. I said I hope you're trolling, rather, because that's that's. Um, that's difficult. That's 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 difficult for sure. Um, but 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 you, 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 we walked into this gym and we knew that there was going to be. Um, as soon as the game yeah. ended last night, I knew. Right. And well, and look, I go. I get it. There's passion for the team here. I got yeah. one. I I, get, I have a couple of people that I put the scores out and what happened in the game every yeah. after every game. And there's a few people that I only hear from after losses. Last night was Jets are pretenders, not contenders. Won't win a playoff round, in my opinion. Um, to me, this wasn't the same loss as uh, the 4 nothing shout-out to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but even earlier in December against Columbus. I thought they played way better. They were all over them. It, it, is, it is interesting as they go to the deadline when people say, what do they need? Because mm-hmm. I, I am fascinated by the first period last night where they're all over them, and they're getting chances, and yeah. they don't get one. And I just get this feeling about this team that, well, well, now that they go through the first period and they haven't scored like three goals when they should have scored at least two or three or four, mm-hmm. um, I get this feeling of how's this going to go now. Um, so I liked the way they played last night. I thought it was great. Yeah. The power play, though, has been struggling for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it's going to change. I was listening to our post-game show, Trevor Kidd and Christian yeah. O'Malley and Kelly Moore, and they were kicking it around. The names that might come off it, but even bonus in the clip you ran at the start mentioned the power play is going to change. It cannot be that bad. And from once again, I see it not having fast puck movement, and I don't see them going to the net and shoot putting There's the puck incident. on net. And I just look at the Columbus game-winning goal. Like, it was thrown on net through a screen, and it went in. Yeah. And I think they need to do more of that. I think they need to and, – and so, like, whoever they change on this power play, I see Blake Wheeler in front of the net, but when I see him in front of the net, nobody's shooting at the net. And mm-hmm. if it is, it's coming from the peripherals. And we keep trying to because they've done it once or twice. Like Kyle Connor last night comes into the slot and wires one. Um, I see a lot of Shifley and, and, and they're, they definitely Shifley was this close to tying that game late. I think the other teams know that like we, we watched Patrick line last night, mm. much like they figured out what the jets want to do when line was here. They figured out that they want to feed Connor on that point. Yeah. And it's getting more and more difficult for him to get the puck and get the one timer. They off. have enough weapons on that power play that that should open up other opportunities. They need, to, they need to move the puck again instead of looking to move it. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, when this power play clicks, they just, when the puck's coming to them, they know where it's going already. Yeah. As opposed to holding it, looking, then pushing, putting it somewhere. And the other thing they need to do is put the puck on net with some bodies in front. Why isn't, why Pierre isn't, Luc Dubois yeah. is a big man. Blake Wheeler is a big man. I don't care if you move these guys around and bring Ehlers up to it or whatever. They've got to get more pucks to the net, and they've got to get some guys being more physical and hard to play against in front of the net on the power play, in my opinion. Pierre-Luc Dubois led the team in power play goals last year. Parked in front of the net, tipping them in. Yes. Why, why has that not been? Why, why is that not happening? I, I just I don't like. Even last night, I saw that even when somebody was in front of the net, it was kind of useless to have them there because yeah. there was nothing coming to the net, and there was nothing coming to the net. I mean, it's just like we're watching the game and where it is right now in the National Hockey League. The goaltenders are so good, and the teams are so skilled. But you can outskill and outplay a team for sixty minutes. But if the other goal, to, the other team, in the if if the other uh, team's goaltender is going to be seeing every single puck that's going at you, he's it's going to be tough to beat. Well, and the guys, it's going to be tough to score. The guys that were standing in front of the net were then watching the shot go to the wing, and then the shots going at the net from the wing, and they're they're not in front of the shot. Why would you be? Yeah. Like so, use the slot more, fire more pucks on net, move the puck quicker. And get some bodies in front of the net and crash. Like, that's the yeah. other thing. Like, the, whoever's in front of the net and whoever's in the slot, like, crash the net when yeah. the shot goes. It was, that, it was the slow motion on five-on-threes. That was, I, that I, was I, what bothered what me the I most. Thought, yeah. It was just slow motion, slow to make a decision, slow to move the puck. And it added up to three missed five-on-three opportunities. Um, and, and you know what? And, and I, I think it's fair for fans to look at the two games against Columbus and lament the fact that it's – Zero out of four points against the worst team in the league. They leapfrogged over Chicago, but listen, it's 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 back and forth here. Um, and those four points might be the difference between them and the Dallas Stars at the end of the year. I'm not trying to sugarcoat this because they've lost two games this year. The only two games you'll see to the worst team in the National Hockey League as of last night. But... Was there anything in that game that isn't fixable or like I I, I understand the passion this town, but to say that they're they're not gonna they'll be fourth in the central, to say that no, they're no, not no, gonna no, win around no. in the playoffs. No, no, I one hundred percent believe, Jim, that these guys are gonna be amped up and they're gonna play fantastic these next three games. I, I, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind they're going to go well, out there and play. I, they're, they're gonna they're in tough, but I just there's been way more, and I mean way more 
even in some losses, positive play than we've... And again, last night, I don't think they played bad. Mm-hmm. They were a little snake-bitten. I don't want to take anything away from the goalie, but he was great. But again, I don't think he was... To me, a goalie is having an outstanding performance when he's stopping everything, and there's a variety of shots to stop. Yeah, There's traffic, there's point shots, there's perimeter, there's slots, there's high danger, there's rebounds. I saw maybe two fashions of shots being saved last mm-hmm. night. Yeah, absolutely. 204-780-6868-204. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Breaking news here, Jim. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, this just uh, coming down the pipe. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have agreed to terms with receiver Rashid Bailey. They've agreed on a one-year contract. He'll return for his fourth year in blue and gold. This is a huge, huge pickup. I can't imagine the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had a lot of cash to be thrown around. They didn't. And what's more saying is following Rashid on social media, he was disappointed. He wanted to remain a bomber, but then went to free agency and I, I think the Bombers said, look, this is all the money we have left. If you if you want it, we'd love to have you. And so, obviously, he went to the market, and apparently there wasn't much more money out there. So yeah. this is great news for the, the Bombers and great that Rashid has agreed to this. But it can't – I would imagine it's not what he was hoping for to earn this year. Yeah, but. he was uh, he was making over, well over 100 last year and – Probably dang close to league minimum. I mean, the market dictated it so that, you know, it's great for the Bombers. I feel for Rashid, but as long as he's happy and got it back here in the blue and gold. But clearly he was hoping to to cash in a little bit and didn't. Yeah, yeah, he probably deserved it too. Um, That's it for me. Jim Tilth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forche for producing the show. You're the best. Is this Thomas Rhett? Is this Thomas Rat? I don't know Thomas Rat. It Rett. sure is. All right. That's it for Are me. you going to the show tomorrow? You're asking me because I'm not. No. I'm just asking. I wouldn't ask you because I know you guys All right. rock out. I'll be back on Tuesday. See everybody. Hey. <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> A New Jersey Devils 4 o'clock pregame show, 6 o'clock puck drop on Sunday. Sunday. And then uh, Monday, same time as well against the Rangers. All right. That's it, me. That's it for me. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.